What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode five of Unplayable, your favorite show that talks about our favorite games. Um, I'm D House here with Jim, Jay, Mike. <laughs> Wake up, Jay. It might be 10:40 p.m., but it's time <laughs> to not time to talk our favorite games. I just had some coffee, so I'm good. Oh my goodness! A good old classic 10 o'clock at night cup of coffee. <laughs> It is only <laughs> 7.40 for me, so I'm uh, oh, yeah. much oh, more awake. <laughs> um, Jim, how are you doing? I'm great. Had a busy but eventful weekend, so thriving, doing well, yeah. Yep. Same. I, I just got off a plane like 30 minutes ago, 45 minutes ago, and rushed this home. This man is dedicated. To record this. Dedication. <laughs> so are we a Lorcana podcast? What is? What are we doing no. here? Is this something absolutely not? What is this? What are we doing? That's a hard no. (laughs) But we do talk about the games that we enjoy, and this is this is the current game. This is the hot. This is the hot topic right now. You know, so of course we're going to talk about it. What we're playing probably the most. I would say it's the one that's definitely taken up the most of my like mental space recently. So it's like, yeah, of course I'm going to talk about it right now. It's hard, mm-hmm. hard, hard to deny it. We're all these people are going to fall in love with us and then follow us into whatever <laughs> the next game is, or drop us completely. You know, that's probably more likely. Like, yeah, the that's okay. Yeah, we had a good run. If that's the case. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so yeah, we're going to be talking about Disney Lorcana basically the whole episode. So if you hate that, just turn us off now. Um, <laughs> but um, we, we've actually been playing some games. We've been even posting some stuff on. The old YouTubes. If yeah, if you're listening to this on a podcast, go check out YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, know that you can listen to this audio only on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever Mike says that we're on. Um, but uh, we've been playing, and so let's just hop right into what do you guys think about actual gameplay? What has surprised you? What uh, what is exactly what you expected? Let's just get some general feels now that we've actually played the game. Yeah, so uh, it's interesting now that we have played the game, that whenever spoilers come out, we are more in tune with what their power level might be, or like what we think that use cases for them will be in like different lines and stuff like that. So that's that's always exciting. So that it's not just ran, it's not just out of, in the, in the dark looking at a card and trying mm. to evaluate it without knowing how to, how to play the game. So I think that's cool, which you'll see probably later in the video when we talk about the newest spoilers from the gala in France. Uh, and then we've got um, Gamma Trade Show starting tomorrow. Uh, this It's Sunday for those listening, but you'll probably not hear this till after. And we'll get some more spoilers there, so we're excited for that. Anyway, uh, I've been having a blast playing it. Uh, any game that so there's many games that I've played and I've played it once, twice, and I'm like, then I just stop playing. This game I have returned to time and time again, not just because I'm making content, but because I've really enjoyed playing. Uh, I've only played against Mike, but uh, I've, I've really enjoyed playing it so far. There's uh, a lot of cool interactions with the card abilities. I'm definitely the kind of guy that likes a uh, simple rule set. But once you start actually playing the cards and seeing different strategies that exist within and synergies that exist within the different uh, card abilities that exist in the game, uh, it, it that's that's my kind of game. <laughs> what about you, Mike? How are you enjoying it? 
I completely agree with you. I, I really enjoy it so far. That's not super out of the ordinary for me with like a new game. I'm usually like very gung ho uh, with any new game. Uh, so the real test will be if I get bored in two weeks or not. Uh, but so far, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, like Jay said, I, I agree. I love that the game is like simple system, but the actual like lines of play are what make it deep and and strategic. In not a uh, like it's it's not not too complicated, I guess. Like it's it's hard to see sort of like the the best line, I guess, at least right now, which is the the spot that I like to be in because I I kind of like switching things up every once in a while, just kind of seeing what works. Uh, I like kind of poking at at the game and the system and just like kind of figuring it out and seeing like how it goes rather than like trying to math everything out. Um, So this is my favorite time to be into a game and the most likely time that I'll actually spend like a lot of time with it. So I'm I'm having a lot of fun. How about you guys, David and Jim? I I know you you guys have played against each other. Um, How did that go? I'll start. So we've only played a couple of games, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. I think I really enjoy, even with the limited card pool, how like some combos are just obvious. But I still think for people like new to TCGs, that'll be a very fun thing for them to discover and like learn as they like are looking at their you know card list that they have um, just by opening up a few packs. So I, I think that's a great start already. That's just you can't miss how obvious some of those combos are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, we only played a couple of games, um, so we have a very limited set of like what we've seen so far, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, uh, even just like learning the base mechanics and kind of talking through lines of play, even just one game in was really cool. Awesome. Yeah. David. I like, yeah, same. I think um, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I, I, I love how simple the game is. I mean, if you can't teach a player a new game in like five minutes or less... Uh, I feel like its ceiling is pretty low. Um, so the fact that you can teach this, but it's not, it's simple to teach, but it does feel like it's not immediately obvious when it's correct to drop an ink in the inkwell or whether to hold back um, or um, one to quest, one to challenge. Like it's not, uh, it, it's, it, yeah, it's not Candyland um, basically. So, um, I've, I've enjoyed that part of it. I do think, Mike, I think you said this. I don't remember if you said this while we were recording or I think you did. But we're basically playing a lot of uh, like limited format as in like uh, similar to like a draft or sealed mm-hmm. format would be right now. We It's like you have like these are the cards you have. And, and so um, like the decks we're building are obviously like nothing like they'll be a year from now. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So... So it's trying to figure out like, okay, what kind of, what kind of game is this? And not necessarily what's the best deck or like, what's the best combos? Cause all of that could be nothing, um, you know, in the next couple months, but you know, what, what are the core mechanics? And I think the core mechanics are, are solid. I think, um, listening to other conversations, other people are having similar conversations, the conversation we're having, like that whole interactive piece that we talked about last episode about you can't really interact on my turn necessarily, but you have to respond to everything I did on my turn or anticipate what I'm doing. And some people really hate that. I mean, we've gotten some beautiful comments on YouTube videos of uh, the trolls of the internet land, um, <laughs> which why? I mean, just never mind. I won't get into that, but uh, 
Yeah, so I, yeah, I, I like it. I just, I, I want to know the whole card pool. Is yeah, for I'm sure. Now. Yeah, I, I want to know what it's like to play a quote unquote real deck uh, or, you know, a deck that you can build from the entire card pool. I, I, I think, I mean, maybe we can just like chat quickly about the things that we maybe don't like about it. I, I think all four of us have had conversations about, you know, how right now at least it feels like when you get to a certain point and then you're, you're sort of top decking the rest of the game. Um, that doesn't feel great. Like it's not, not, not as fun. Um, but again, I wonder how much of that comes down to it just being a, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, limited sort of card pool. Right. I would ask you this and in response is, would you rather it be like this where once you get to a certain turn, it's top decking or versus what magic is and you the one card you draw on your turn is a land and then that's the card that you're playing and and you you may have some other cards (laughs) but yeah it would you rather have it no i i I, like because in magic you you can definitely get to the point where you're top decking in magic also but Mm -hmm. the difference is in magic you can top deck a card that does nothing at all right Mm -hmm. in this game if you draw a card that does nothing at all for you it was kind of your fault because you put those cards in your deck magic you have to put those cards in your deck in this game Mm -hmm. every card is you know resource so well every card (laughs) right um yeah and then i would also uh in response to people that are um negative about the game right now because of the simple system i've heard a lot of people complain about how simple the system is and that uh it's going to rely heavily on the card abilities that exist or that they come out with on on cards and they think that the system isn't built to be able to expand further uh the the different types of card abilities what i would say about that is Number one, Flesh and Blood is an incredibly simple system. If you watch the, um, or at least like the way the game plays, it's very simple. If you watch the how to play, it's only like three minutes long. It's like you play attack on your turn, and then they get to block with cards from hand, and then that's it. You draw. It's like it's not it's not a difficult system. The cut cu- the um like complexity comes from the card abilities in that game. And I could totally see that still being the case in this game. Um, so I, I would hold reservations on saying that the game is too simple and wait and see what they do. Because, I mean, Flesh and Blood's first set was really boring and it was really sim- simple. When I first played the game, I played the first set and I didn't play it again because I thought it was kind of boring. I'm in the same And boat. then <laughs> as soon as the second set came out and they introduced Runeblade and Wizard, which wizard is the one that you can play on your opponent's turn it got infinitely more complicated just because of the card abilities that existed so they could this this game has room breathing room to bring in more heavy uh uh complexity without adding without having a complex system so that's my two cents about it (laughs) yeah Uh, but isn't that the whole point of a card game where like the 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 rules and the the kind of fun stuff happens on the cards, not the rules system itself. Like, yeah. I don't know if anybody else has played L five R, but that that's an example of a card game. Well, the the FFG version, it's a version of a card game that is in the opposite direction, and it is absolute garbage, in my opinion. <laughs> so, as long as as a, a game doesn't go in that direction, I'm 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 on board. I w- okay, I wouldn't say L five R is garbage. 
No, you, you was... liked that game? Yeah, we played it at Gen Con, remember? No, I I, I didn't play it. I didn't <laughs> get a ticket to that to that event. No, but you and I sat down and I did a, I like demoed it for. Did you. we actually play it? Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm offended. I'm super offended by this. Um, I remember hanging no, out with the, you. By the I don't end, you were that. like, "Yeah, I don't like this game." Like it was very classic Mike Rude. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I, I I don't know that 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 game was interesting to me in a different way, but it was too like analysis you... paralysis. There was a million different things that could happen. It it, it like. There are too many decisions where it got like, like it just hurt my brain. Like it was like, oh my gosh! Like you could genuinely make one decision that has eight different second decisions, and mm. it hurt me. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I, I did like it for a little bit, but um, I, I, I do like, yeah. The one thing I liked about that is like it was all about clan loyalty. So it's like you, you like choose a clan, and it's like this is my. Like I'm a lion player. Like this is it, and like people would would rarely venture out of that, except maybe the hyper competitive people who are like, mm-hmm. "I'm gonna do this." But that that was very interesting because it created a lot of like inter game community, like kind of side talk, I guess, like talk after the game. Um, mm-hmm. That I think was like is like a unique thing that not a lot of games have. Um, but you, you you probably could have invited a lot more people to your clan if the game itself was better. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, that's what there's a reason the game doesn't isn't being published anymore. Um, yeah. they had some really unique ideas with like, oh, the winner if if Dragon Clan wins this this big tournament, then they it affects the lore, it affects the story, and then hmm. the the Dragon Clan takes over this thing because this that idea I think is fascinating for a community to like rally behind and like the effects of a tournament affect the story if the story is compelling enough. Um, and so they had a lot of great plans, but the execution was just not good. And the game obviously couldn't hold up for what they're trying to do, uh, which is part of, part of the problem of the LCG model. When you're only looking for one mm-hmm. type of car, if you're only looking for dragon cards, and you have to get a whole set with a bunch of non-dragon cards just for that one copy of one card. It's just there's built in problems there. But I don't know. I don't know how I got off on all that L5R stuff. I, I, <laughs> I played I, that, that game my once. <laughs> I played that game once. And I'll ne- I never played it again. I hated it. But <laughs> I I don't know the system well, so you're going to have to correct me. You, If I remember correctly, you randomly put cards from your deck at the back of the line. And then if it gets, like, as a base or something, and if it gets destroyed, then it's, like, discarded. Yeah. And my best card in my deck, I don't know if it was, like, there's a leader or something, was one of those, and it was the first one that was destroyed, and I never got to play it. I was like, this is stupid. Like, I'm done. <laughs> like, well, that, I want to be able to play my cool cards. Yeah, but you're, all, you're also just trash at card games in general, Jay. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. what are we supposed to Just play more copies of that card, Jay. Gosh. <laughs> I didn't build the deck. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I, I think I think the point of this conversation, like Legend of the Five Rings and Lord Canada, like some of the innate difference is that it L5R was like overly complex in unnecessary ways. I think the Star Wars LCG suffered from oh, this yeah. same same issue. A game again, I, I like enjoyed it for though. a season, but it was like, uh, this is this hurts. But like Lorcan, I can play like game after game after game and and it's like, okay, like I'm still I still feel like I have a lot of like decision in this mm-hmm. without yeah. it being overwhelming and I'm like, I need to go, you know, I get some ice out of the freezer and, you know, pad my head for a little bit. So 
I, um, I also think anybody who thinks that like the design space is limited because the game is so simple, I, I think is thinking about it the wrong way. I think it's actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. I think the design space is way bigger because they can do almost anything around anything. the core <laughs> game rules. Uh, so yeah, if, if you're worried about it being too simple, I, honestly, I think like the core, like for it being a first set, we've already seen some like pretty really interesting, interesting, unique stuff. abilities. Like I, I wouldn't be concerned about it not being an interesting game. What I would agree. What would you say is like the more unique abilities that for the first set you think? I think, um, the well the shift mechanic. Yeah, alone. yeah, the shift mechanic alone I think is is pretty wild, honestly. Like, and there, Which there's got clarity on. Thank goodness. Yeah, I mean the actually the fact that there were so many like rules questions around it maybe means that it's like a little bit too complex for a, a core set, but. Uh, I, th- I think the shift mechanic, I think like, I don't know, the card that comes to mind most is Aladdin, which is, uh, I think it costs seven, but you can shift onto another Aladdin for five. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a five, five, and it has one lore pip, I think. Uh, it might have two. And then when you two. challenge, I, I think it is two. Yeah, you're right. And then when you challenge and banish an opponent's uh, character, you get to basically steal two lore, lore from them. Uh, yeah. They lose who you gain to, and that that I mean it, it's it's fairly simple, I guess, ability, but it's definitely more interesting than just uh, I don't know. Uh, not which is interesting that opponent. they say they lose to and you gain to instead of saying steal to, right? Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes me think that they're not going to implement stealing as like a core mechanic of the game, stealing lore. Yeah, um, which is interesting, I guess, but. There was a there was a there was a Q and A for the Twitter thing, which we're going to get into a little bit. Where someone asked a question, I should I should have had it ready. Where basically, was there any design in the first set around like using your lore as a resource? As a resource, and they said yeah. it was like uh, it said like, like that yet, have not been revealed right? yet. Mm-hmm. And I was <laughs> like, what does yet mean? Like, is that in this set yet or next set or third set or fourth set yet? Uh, But I was like, that is interesting to like be able to think about your lore as a resource. Because, I mean, they talk about that, too. Like in every game, like magic, fab, whatever, like your life is a resource to some extent Mm -hmm. um, where you you don't start with uh, in those games. It's like you start with a certain and then you get chipped down. So it's like, well, you can use X amount in order to. Uh, build to a, a, a greater win condition. But um, I do think yeah, it's stuff like that where like the design space of Lorcana does feel um, like they did, they did not pigeonhole themselves in such a strong way where it's like, this is how we have to build the cards and do it this way. Like, you know, we, we haven't even seen cards that can like just give you lore by playing them. And I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah, will they? like, yeah. is that a thing? You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I, I I do think it seems like they were very careful in designing this first set to mm-hmm. create room for for lots of things in the future. But for complexity's sake, it's a good. It seems to be so far. We have what sixty cards revealed, like um, not even like 40, 40 or forty five cards. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very few. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I mean, it's less like, than a like quarter just, of the set. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing, uh, talking about like wording on cards, 
Um, let it. I, I noticed this the other day, and I uh, got to thinking about it. I don't know, like if it's true. It's just speculation. But let it go is a card that says uh, choose one of your opponent's characters and put it into their inkwell exerted, and you're playing that on your turn. So they explicitly say it goes in exerted mm-hmm. rather than just saying it goes in ready or it goes in, which doesn't really matter because on their start of their turn, they ready all their stuff. So the ink will be ready. So the only reason they would explicitly say exerted is if there was a way for someone to use ink on an opponent's turn. Well, you, this is just speculation. That that well, specific card you can use on yourself. Yeah. So that, that could be why as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. That's true. Cause you can like, exert it a just, five cost to get some, another ink in so you can <clears> drop <throat> the big thing or whatever. It could, it could be, oh, that, that is interesting, but it, it could be both. I don't know. Like, I think we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to dive into the, uh, the rules questions, rules Q? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, so on Twitter, if you missed this on Twitter and I think Instagram, although it didn't seem like they were responding there very quickly and I didn't even look at Facebook, but it seemed like, uh, they, they were basically answering questions. Yeah. There you go. Um, uh, where designers Ryan Miller or Steve Warner were answering as many questions as possible. Um, my impression of it after kind of like glancing at all their responses was that it was, it was really about like, how do, how does this work versus mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know, more generic questions about the game. So it was, it felt very rule centric. I don't know if that's cause that's what most of the questions were about, but, but we picked, there were like yeah. little pieces that were like, okay, that's helpful to know, or this is helpful to know. Uh, but what for you guys, like what were, what were some, so what I, were some replies? I have a whole, I, I have a whole list of questions at like Q and a Twitter responses that we can go through. Perfect. Before we do that, I, I think the Q and a was like, honestly, a little weak. Like hmm. the, there, there were some important questions that like were answered that people were asking, but I noticed that they were answering like the same question over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is probably not the best move uh, just because like, you know, you can go back and search for the answer to any of those questions. You know that all the content creators that are sort of out there are going to sort of give the TLDR to the rest of the community. So yeah. I would have rather them give, give, given more interesting answers to other questions that they were asked, like about design um, or other things like that, or even just yeah. answer some of the rules questions that they didn't answer. So I, I was a little surprised by that. Yeah. They, I, I- I'll say this too, Mike. I think so far it feels like everything that Ravensburger has done around Lorcana has been extremely calculated and very planned. Mm -hmm. And like, even if you disagree with the plan, it seems like it was executed really well. And this is the first time I felt like, like, oh, like they kind of like, uh, did they have a plan? Was this a last minute thing? Like it just, it seemed. I kind of feel like it was last minute. Yeah. I feel like they were forced to drop the rules earlier than they were planning because of what happened with the the magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, so this may have been just a quick like, all right, we need to do a rules video because all these chumps playing on TTS <laughs> making videos don't know how nothing works. So, so it's our fault. <laughs> <laughs> Go support right, your let's... local game store. <laughs> Uh, all right. So the, the first question that I pulled out, I, I, I like screenshot a few questions and, and okay. the ones that I thought were interesting to talk about. Love it. 
Uh, We're gonna skip shift, right? This is where Everyone Mike knows how look, shift works. This is what <laughs> I mean, this, is a, this is where Mike makes us look professional, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but we all contributed, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. In spirit. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, so at Illum Lorcana asks, is there a way to recover a card after it was put in the inkwell? And we have the answer currently no. Currently, uh, yeah. Which just the answer currently. It, it could have just said no. I like, uh, you know, currently maybe it's just keeping them open for, for later and they haven't actually designed something that does this. But uh, I think this is really interesting design space for them to explore. The one thing that maybe makes this not as viable is we'll talk about it later, but you can't see the cards that you're in your own inkwell. But maybe there's like a shuffle all the cards in your inkwell together and draw one or something like that. So some mechanic similar to that. I don't oh, know. That's interesting. Yeah, Lots so. of space there. Yeah, lots of cool design space that they could uh, tap into there. Um, any, anybody want to say anything else about this? Any interesting thoughts, or should we? Move I think on to the next that one? if they do make a mechanic where you can get ink uh, ink cards back, it's only good for the game because it gets to top deck. Currently, gets to top decking so quickly that it's just like another card draw once you get to that to that phase and like it's planning ahead too right so like mm-hmm. if turn two you put a card down there that you know on turn eight is going to be super good for you then it's kind of interesting i guess yeah it makes it makes it adds another decision point to which card you put in your inkwell that, that's the mm-hmm. thing that i like about the concept is this also like pseudo saying that there's no way to destroy your opponent's ink like in their inkwell Mm, I don't know. Maybe is there is there a way to recover a card after it was put in the inkwell? Currently, no. Because if you were maybe? to destroy one of those cards and then get that back out of your discard pile, to me that would be the same thing as oh, recovering it. So is that also kind of saying you can't destroy your opponent's inkwell once they play something? Currently, interesting. I mean, I honestly I would be shocked if they if they included cards that did that because it feels yeah. so. <laughs> so bad it like resource denial it's like such a toxic mechanic mm-hmm. and for the audience that they're targeting <laughs> like that sounds like a really good way to piss people off <laughs> and any kind of so- discarding sounds like a sounds like a real java uncar thing to do yeah you know what i mean <laughs> i did not play destiny that players. specific deck but i did play very mean decks in star wars destiny wait no you definitely you were the first one you were the first one i ever played that was running java uncar did in I? Star Wars Destiny. I don't Mike. think I played. I, I played Unkar, but I don't think I played Jabba. You with definitely it. were playing Jabba. You were the first <laughs> one I played, Mike. <laughs> I mean, it, it's probably true. <laughs> can I just? Can I just? As an aside, I love that a lot of our Star Wars Destiny uh, friends are hopping on with the uh, unplayable. It oh yes, we love happy, you guys. So. I, 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 I'm like, I'm like vowing to make the Star Wars Destiny reference in every podcast. We ever make. <laughs> just, just for them. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's easy to do uh, because it's, I mean, I think a lot of unique mechanics came from that game. So, hey, yeah, T-minus it's, it's also, nine, days, nine days until my Star Wars Destiny return with my with my goodbye party here. I'm Let's still go. so jealous. I'm so pumped. <laughs> Jim's going to be there. I'm flying in. Uh, yeah, I can't I'm wait to destroy you, Destiny. Destiny. This you, is you Destiny should, Worlds. <laughs> bring, bring me in on an iPad next to you and I'll just tell you what dice to roll for me. <laughs> roll threes, baby. <laughs> Uh, all right, next question from uh, Nurgle Probe. Uh, once a card is put in your inkwell face down, is it hidden information for the rest of the game? Or can the owner slash both players look at what's face down? How public is the information? And the answer is neither player can look at them. They are not public information. Furthermore, 
if an ability like one jump ahead puts the card uh puts the top card of your deck face down into your inkwell you don't get to see what that card was so super interesting i want to hear what you guys think about this uh concept i hope they're not tied i hope this isn't written in stone i hope they're not tied to the idea that this is how it should work Mm-hmm. because then it's a lot there's less design space yeah less less opinion. design space and i think more memory tax like mm-hmm. i don't i really don't want to have to remember what my opponent showed me that they put in inkwell every game like that that's the part of these kinds of games that i'm the worst at i know that it's like a skill mm-hmm. cap thing and eventually i'll probably figure it out but it's similar to me obviously on a way 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 like simpler scale as like pitch stacking in uh, fab I hate that. <laughs> like, I don't want to have to think about it. I want to just play my cards and not think ahead 30 turns and just enjoy myself. <laughs> uh, inversely, it could get really annoying if every 10 minutes or like 10 seconds, yeah. your opponent's like, Let, show me all your inkwell cards. For sure. That's probably why this is, right? Face up in there. <laughs> yeah. The, I will say, like, I, I kind of like that you don't even see your own card when you put it, like, from the top <laughs> face down. Like... You're you're mm-hmm. playing the game and you're banking on like seeing a certain card show up off the top of your deck, and the whole time it was in your inkwell. And you know, at the end of the game, mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, damn!" Uh, obviously frustrating, that's... but it, it sounds like kind of a funny moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for all we've we've had a lot of new people who are jumping into TTS for the first time and are like, we've a lot of people have been joining our Discord. So little self promo there, like hop into our Discord. But a lot of people jumping into TTS for the first time, trying to figure out how we're playing, what we're playing. And for all you TTS newbies, there's a button called Flip Table. And so <laughs> if, if you have that moment where you don't know and that, that card's sitting there and it happens at the end of the game, that's when you hit Flip Table. Exactly. And then you just leave the server. You'll and... instantly win the game. Yeah. <laughs> I know that button oh too well. <laughs> oh, Chris. <laughs> Every Friday night dies. Yeah. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> oh man. Uh all right. So I'll move on to the next uh QA. Yeah, good idea. So we've got uh Antonio Red underscore MK asks, uh, can two lanterns stack to reduce the cost more? Uh I, I think we all agree that the answer was yes already for that. But the second part of this question is much more interesting. And also do they work for shifting? And the answer is yes, they can. Which is... What a terrible answer. <laughs> yeah, and they did this in multiple questions where they didn't I know, answer. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I think I mean I think it does work for shifting, right? Like Yes. I think there is crazy. another tweet where they do mention. Yeah, where they that clarify it. Does... it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like um, we we both did not think that, that was the way it worked. I would not have expected that to be the way that it works. I said that based on the wording that it should work that way, but I also said it probably doesn't just based on like how other games operate. Mm-hmm. But I totally understand why, because it says the next card you play costs as much, and the shift mechanic says play this for this much less. So yeah. it's like, I, I see why it works. So if you, if you play like Aladdin, Green Aladdin mm-hmm. turn two, and yep. you have one... Well, okay. I guess you can't do it with Latin, but imagine that there's another, you know, <laughs> yellow. <laughs> I guess Stitch. We'll use Stitch as an example. Like you can play okay. Stitch. I think as early as turn four. Yes. Either turn four or turn five. Like that's that's obviously a lot better. You can. I mean, <laughs> technically, like if you play Stitch turn one because he's a one cost, mm-hmm. 
And yeah, then the Lantern the other two, Lantern six, turn right? three. Right. Then turn four, you can play Stitch plus a one drop. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of nuts. Like, you can play Stitch on turn four and get value out of his ability immediately. Like, I don't know. I think Lantern's cracked. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so... It's really hard to evaluate cards in this game so far. I think... So, like, I compared it to It Binds All Things when we were playing it the other day mm-hmm. in Star Wars Destiny. And I think Binds is probably... Because of the way the resource mechanic works in Destiny, Binds was better mm-hmm. because you got to carry resources over from turn to turn. So Wait, is this the time? Is this the moment where Mike uh, graphically inserts it binds all things into the video? I sure can. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love when Mike um, makes us look professional. <laughs> I'm going to write that time code down. <laughs> Lantern is definitely good, but one, you can't ink it. Mm hmm. Which is a big drawback, in my opinion. And two, mm. like you don't always have the optimal resource curve to make use out of it. Yeah, yeah. It's the fact, it's a weird card. The fact and, that you are oh. drawing one card per turn instead of redrawing your whole hand does change the math a little bit on it. And um, it's a card like every card in Lorcana because of drawing one card per turn, you have to also include the cost of having that card in your deck and whenever you evaluate a card. And it's not netting you a card. It's netting you resources. Mm-hmm. And so far resources haven't been an issue. Mm-hmm. Card draws I'm, been an issue. I'm curious what you guys think about this one card. So I, I've I've seen people talk about it. I intuitively think it's a terrible card but i could be wrong and it's the uh frying fan no well okay that card looks terrible but also <laughs> the the three cost card with maui on it uh i think it's called just, just in, in time. time right yep cost three and it says play a card from your hand that costs five or less for free no not, not like card a character. A character character sorry um it sounds bad right like you're you're giving up two cards to play one of those cards early by like two turns at best like is the tempo worth worth it maybe i don't know like i've never felt compelled to put it into a deck i kind of want to try it just to see if i'm i'm right or wrong uh i could definitely be wrong what do you guys think i think it's bad in my opinion uh because if it gave them haste or something what's it called in this game rush uh rush then maybe it's it would be decent if you got to play it and use it that turn to challenge. I mean, even if it was just rush and not able to quest, but able to challenge with it, I think that card would be a lot better. But as it stands, I feel like it's kind of bad. I think it depends what tempo means in this game as far as like pushing uh, your own agenda. So if it, it feels like getting that you know high-cost unit out and you're able to keep it out for multiple turns... You may push so far ahead with that one move that it could work. Yeah. Uh, just from what I've seen with how tough it is to kind of just do direct damage, uh, I, I could see that actually being a good move. But I think more often than not, kind of like you guys are saying, two cards for one doesn't feel good. Uh, so I, I think it's kind of to be determined, and I hate always just like defaulting to that. But at least from the two games that David and I played, it felt like if you got the lead, it was really hard to. 
uh, kind of overtake that. And so this seems like a card that could do that mm-hmm. if you had That's lots good of four point. five cost. So, uh, but, but it also doesn't seem like it works with shift based on wording. So, what is what's the wording? I'm sure we'll put um, it up on the screen, but we should also. You may play a character with cost five or less for free, and then shift says. Oh. I you think, may pay five to play this on top of one of your characters. I, I think they did but, clarify it, but the shift has to like you, you can only do it on a card that costs five or less. Uh, mm-hmm, so right. like Aurora, like the blue Aurora, you could do it with. Which seems but like it's already just costing terrible three, value. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Uh, all right, I'm going to move on to the next Q and A question. Let's do it. Uh, we've got Infinite Manny asking. Uh, for organized play, will points for teaching someone or bringing a friend be able to be redeemed multiple times, or is it just the first time? Uh, and Disney Larkana says, uh, you only get points the first time you bring a specific person in. If you bring in more new people, you get the points. The same goes for teaching new players. I only bring this up because I think that this is an awesome way for them to sort of award people for doing stuff. Like th- this, in my opinion, is like, a growth hack basically like hmm. it's i mean it's the same thing as like you know refer a friend and get free whatever like mm-hmm. it, it, except you're you're playing games and it, it's more fun <laughs> uh so it's rewarding players for doing the thing that you know you kind of need in order to to form a community around a game like this so i'm i'm happy that these are the types of things that that this game is uh rewarding players for doing rather than just winning or being good at yeah. the game like who cares like bring more people into the community Bring your friends, teach teach people how to play the game, be awesome. Like that that's what it should be about. Yep. I love this. So yep. when I lived in Atlanta, uh I was playing Flesh and Blood with my local game store that I had close by. There was a guy that ran a like league. It's not really like not a competitive league, but a very casual league, which was awesome. And they at the end, so like you got points during the month and at the end of the month whoever had the most points got the um play mat to use for the full next month and you got to sign the play mat and all this kind of stuff and the way they determined points is yeah you got some points for for winning or whatever but you also got points for every person that you brought a uh, new person you brought in to come play um every you you could bring in um decks like you can build decks for new players and if you brought those in uh, so that when new players came, you could just give them a deck. They gave you points for that. Uh, so they're basically taking that same principle and applying it. And I think it works really well. I think it's cool. Okay. That, that just, Forge. that, no, that just sparked something in my memory. Speaking of Star Wars Destiny, one of my favorite Destiny memories was we did an escalation league, um, to reward mm-hmm. people for showing up. And it mm-hmm. was the best thing we ever did for our local community here and had the most conversation happening. Um, and Escalation League, basically how we did it was like, hey, you had your like rivals draft kit. It was some pre-made cards. You started with, I can't remember, I think it was like three or four booster packs that you could add to this deck. And then every week that you showed up, you were eligible to buy two or three more booster packs, I can't remember, and add those cards to your deck. And then you got points for playing a game, you got points for winning a game. And number one, it just got people showing up because the more you showed up, the more you could like optimize that deck that you've been building. But two, it also brought revenue into the the store because the store's got to pay its bills too. And it wants like, it needs to be incentivized for people showing up. And so 
I I literally just sat here and I'd had this epiphany of like Lorcana is built for this kind of like escalation league mm-hmm. as like a casual way of saying like hey maybe you start with a starter deck and uh, week one you're eligible to get three booster packs and assuming product is available which might not be the case honestly with the allocation but um, to be able to uh, say like hey you can buy three packs and then like you know, add them to your starter deck and see what, ha- and then come back next week and just, uh, I mean, I, it just like, I'm like, Oh gosh, this is so obvious to me. Like this is such an easy way to like get people showing up to your store and playing this game that uh, gets me really excited. Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, if, if you're out there and you're, you want to grow your, your local community, that's a, that's a good way to do it. I'm definitely going to try that here. Escalation leagues. Speaking of, I, I, t- I texted you guys this, but I'm going to share it here. But um, I learned that, like, uh, I, so I'm moving to, like, Chicago suburbs for those out in the uh, the world. So if you're in that, that area and you want to play Lorcana, hit me up. Uh, but uh, apparently there's a store there, uh, MinMax Games, who basically said, hey, if Ravensburger doesn't set up, like, competitive OP, we're going to do it. And it's like 30 minutes from where I'm going to live. And I'm super excited about it. So I'm just dropping that nice. out there. Nice. Yeah, you can nice. crush some 10 year old streams. Sure. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Moving on to the next question. I, I don't remember. Uh, sorry. I, I didn't pull the actual question here, but it's about, <clears throat> it's shift. about shift. Yeah. Uh, Jay, you, you want to talk about this one? Sure. So when a stack of character characters leaves play, the entire stack goes to the same place. So if the character is banished, the entire stack goes to the discard pile. If the character is returned to its player's hand, the entire stack goes to that player's hand. Hmm. If it goes to the inkwell, the entire stack goes to the inkwell. It doesn't mention it here, but it's the same pro- process. Mm-hmm. So if you do uh, let it go on a uh, shifted character, they would gain two ink exerted instead oh, of wow. just I think that one. makes let it go a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Um, so this is, I mean, this, it makes sense. Uh, I understand why they do it. It's interesting that they say the stack, because what if they come out with like a, you know, 15 cost character that can only be shifted, mm-hmm. uh, onto a uh, second mm-hmm. evolution of a character. We're officially Pokemon. <laughs> decreased <laughs> by like seven or something like that. It's, uh, but so like the chances of playing it are super low unless you've already shifted once mm. and then can shift it on top. So uh, we'll see if they get there. Uh, I think that would be kind of a cool mechanic, but also like probably super hard to pull off. Mm-hmm. I actually love this. I, I think this solves a problem that Keyforge has where, well, well, one, they've solved a couple problems. One is that like every creature in Keyforge reaps for one. It's like questing for like, but everybody mm-hmm. quests and everybody quests for one. There's no like, oh, this thing is bigger and it quests for multiple. Like, everybody reaps for one. Is that one Except like? Except for, there's like a couple that are like reap, gain, and amber. So yeah, yeah, they're like, like special abilities, but like, n- like natively to their card, they only reap right. for one. So like, there's the, obviously like questing. Different characters can quest for more. Um, but the other thing too is like, if you go through the effort of playing a, a shifted character like you you built your deck around this thing you paid more resources to like build this thing like if if you got le- let it go what's the <laughs> i don't know what the, what the if, if, dragon if, fire if you were let, let it, it go if you were let, let it go. went if, if you were let it if you were let it went 
Um, <laughs> but it, it's like, it's like, oh, well, okay. Yes. It kind of sucks, but it also is like rewards you for working hard to try to pull off this mm. like shift mechanic, which I think is unique because otherwise it's like, oh, I went through all this effort to shift. And then like, oh, I get one thing out of it versus like, oh, you want to let it go on my shifted character? Like, thanks. Okay. Like that sucks, right. but also works in my favor. I think that the shift mechanic is impeccably better because that you like if you play the character the turn before that when you play it it's immediately usable yeah it's like the one way to surprise your opponent in the game yeah and that in and of itself is a very powerful thing i think aladdin alone is gonna be (laughs) worth it yeah it's gonna crush some dreams yeah (laughs) yeah oh it already has yep (laughs) mine many times (laughs) They crushed uh, Jafar's dreams, you know? He just wanted to be in charge, and Aladdin just wouldn't let him. Spoiler, come on. Oh, my yeah, God. Oh, come on. <laughs> War. All right. Uh, one of the... Okay, we got three more remaining. So this one uh, is asked by school is cool. Uh, can lore slash victory points be taken away or used as a resource? Uh, and the answer is Aladdin, Heroic Outlaw, does not currently make opponents lose lore. Oh, sorry, does currently, I read that mm-hmm. and I was like, that doesn't make sense. Does currently make opponents lose lore. Used as a resource has not been seen yet. And we yet. did talk about this a little bit earlier in the podcast, but just an exciting little... Uh, yet! Uh, yeah, little nugget of hope. But what uh, does yet mean? This is like the new spring. What does spring mean? Now it's, <laughs> what does yet mean? Okay. I think, I think it means uh, not now, but maybe at some point in the future. But maybe or for sure, Mike. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Next question was a question about mulliganing in the setup. Uh, This one I just flagged because uh, I was playing this wrong. It's actually a typo in the rule book. Yeah, typo in the rule book. We we had been playing this wrong, Jay and I. Um, (laughs) But you do, in fact, uh, determine who's going first and then do the mulligan. Uh, So we will play like that moving forward. And then I think the last question... Jim will care very deeply about that. (laughs) I will, every time. Uh, Okay, very last question by uh, 12JSIN. What triggers happen in what order? Imagine playing a magical broom, which has an on-play trigger in a field with Rockstar Stitch, who has the when a dot-dot-dot card is played. Uh, And the answer is you choose the order in which to resolve your triggered abilities that trigger off of the same event. So... I just called this out because I like this in games where you as the player and the owner of the triggers gets to choose. Uh, it lets you do things that are more in your favor, make you feel smart by ordering your stuff in the right way. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I do like this. I asked a follow-up question to this, which was what happens when uh, your broom uh, attacks, into attacks, into, yeah, attacks and defeats a Cheshire cat. And the Cheshire and cat would banish it, Mickey but it out. also would go in your hand because you're you don't control the the Cheshire cat trigger, but you do control the broom trigger. Like which happens first? They didn't answer me because I asked the question after they had closed the Q and A. But if anybody on, uh, from Ravensburger wants to answer that question, please do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just very curious. But do you, do you think Ravensburger listens to this? I'm no. Oh, curious. guaranteed they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. No. <laughs> but if anybody listening knows anybody at Ravensburger. Uh, find this out for us. <laughs> I'm curious at what level of like takesy backsies do you have to go with this? Of like, if you say, "Oh, I'm going to do this first, but then you think about it for a second, and then actually, I want to do this, then this. Like, 
at what point have you committed? I think is going to be a really tough question if this game ever does take like a competitive approach. Yeah. Well, there are, aren't there other games like this where there are multiple triggers that happen at a time and you, you choose the order. Like doesn't Keyforge do that? Yeah. Yeah. Keyforge's so. active player gets to choose if they all trigger at the same time, the active player chooses the order. Even for your opponent. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, maybe they'll do that in, in this game, and that's how Tetris Capital works. It makes it really clean, honestly. Yeah. Well, I think the wording on Chess Shot, I, I think it's less of what happens when, and if Chess Shot, if uh, the broom gets to come back, because I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to time code this one, too, and I'll, I'll pop those ones on the screen, and we'll, we can figure it out. <laughs> okay. Uh, Let me pull up Orcania and look at the cards. <laughs> but you can go to the next thing. Okay. Uh, next, we got spoilers. So I don't spoilers! know if you guys want to talk about yeah. those. Some of them are interesting. Some of them are not that interesting. We we can we can go through like real quick. Whoa, hot take, Mike. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to start us off here, David? Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm watching your screen as you're. Oh, is it up. delayed? Yeah. No, but it's fine now. We, all right. Okay. So <laughs> we've Sorry. got our third. Blue Sapphire Aurora, which, by the way, <laughs> how the heck are we going to tell these apart? Are we going to have to say four cost Aurora? Or am I supposed to remember the subtext of Briar Rose? You're definitely supposed to remember that. Oh, I, I'm not going to, but you're supposed to. <laughs> okay, so uh, she is a four cost. I think this is common. Um, four, four cost with flourish. Uh, two strength, five willpower. Um, storyborn hero, princess. Princess, we got some princess energy for Moana. Oh, yeah. Uh, ability is Disturbing Beauty. When you play this character, chosen character gets minus two strength for the rest of the turn. And she's got one more pip when she quests. What do you think, guys? I'm just reading Ugh. Disturbing Beauty. Yeah, I, it was a translation, right? So that's probably not actually uh, <laughs> Yeah, this is, this is, yeah, well, French. It was translated from French, so... Wee oui, wee. Oui. Okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, that that the flavor text there is pretty pretty spicy though. I don't know if you guys can read that, but <laughs> unfortunately, I'm, I'm not fluent in French. <laughs> I can I can I can count in French. I cannot speak French. Uh, I don't. So yeah, go ahead, Jim. You got no. It. Just I don't know if I do like this one. I, I feel like four cost for one uh, potential lore every time you quest is. Tough. And because this effect only works and her two turns played. Like has two pips. Yeah. She's What's she's up? bad at getting lore. I, I don't know. Yeah. I've I've learned in card games that almost every time a, a creature, character, unit, whatever has an when this enters play, something happens ability. Mm-hmm. Like you should you should at least consider it. Uh yeah. In this case, I don't know. The stat line's not horrible. No, it, it'll stay out for a while, but it, even so, you're going to have to already have a, a board, yep. and they're going to have to have exerted characters, and your characters that you have are going to want to fight typically to stay alive. It just feels like a lot of things for that when you play this yeah. character setup. You probably play a, a very specific deck, right? Like that, that sure. wants all those things to line up. Or maybe, yeah. It's probably not. So that I'm it is, it's a common, right? So it probably isn't meant to be that crazy. And four cost really isn't right. too bad, at least from the games that I've seen. Like it doesn't. It's not that difficult to get to four lore. Mm-hmm. 
It's so I'm looking at the other four cost characters that we have revealed currently, right? So we have Captain Hook, mm-hmm. who is also has a win played ability, and he's a three four. So the uh, sum of the stats is the same as seven, and he also only has one more pip. Mm-hmm. And he's a four cost, and he can't be he can't be put into ink. Yeah, but he's nuts because um, he he brings one of your best cards back from your discard. He does pile. bring back a really good card, <laughs> uh, but her abil- her playability is similar to his, where it's also minus two. So, like value wise, it's kind of similar. Um, and then we also have Hades, who is another one that is a playability. Uh, when you play him, you get to return a card to your hand, but his mm-hmm. stats are way worse. He's a three two. Uh, which is Donald Duck, uh, two coster, and he only has one lore pip, and but he's still really good. Well, yeah, but he, he's, yeah. he's also nuts. <laughs> you can't put him in your ink, but he does net you a card, which feels like good value in this game. Yeah, it feels really good. Um, and then we got a couple other ones. Scar is a four cost. That's five three, and he's above rate, but uh, with eight val- some of the. Uh, stats, but he has no ability at all. And only one is, lore pip. And only one lore. Oh, wow. But, okay. But then we have Maleficent. That's a four cost. She has two lore pips, and she's a three four, which is also a sum of seven, but no playability and can be put in ink. So I'm going to suggest that because they made Moana a starter deck character mm-hmm. and the whole princess mechanic of like Moana says, Whenever this character yeah. quests, you may ready your other princess characters. They can't quest for the rest of this turn. Mm. That maybe they scaled back on some of the power level of like the princess. Thing, which I'm saying sentences I never thought I'd say. We're talking about gaming. <laughs> like, what am I even saying? Um, but the princess tribe over here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what in the world? Um, but I just wonder if they if they maybe scaled back a little bit to make sure that it wasn't you know, abnormally broken, but it's just a theory. I think Aurora is not bad. Um, Having five health is huge. I think that's, that's a lot. There's not a lot of characters that have five attacks. Willpower, Jay. Willpower. True, (laughs) true. And her ability is pretty flexible. I, I, the one time I've seen that one card played that, um, Control your temper, which is uh, one cost, decrease a character by two, their strength by two. Um, worked pretty good because it kept a character alive. So I think I think she's fine. If they print any Sapphire card that like you can banish a character with like strength less than, then this card becomes amazing. True. So mm-hmm. I just think it depends yeah. like what route they kind of go with That's that. That's interesting. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I, th- I mean, obviously... Yeah, well, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm going to move on to the next one. Yeah, yep. All right, we've got Jasmine disguised. The, this is one of the not as interesting ones, in my opinion, because it's just a vanilla three cost three three with two lore pips, and we've seen at least two of those already. Yeah, in different colors. Yep. In, in in sapphire. In yeah. The more interesting a- about this one is that she is a princess. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm going to say. Yep. Yep. So more, more, uh, even more in disguise, stuff. yeah. <laughs> I think this stat line right here is really good. Yeah, like the, yeah, the every color is going to have this exact card as a different uh, different flavor, but yeah, um, so, it's probably so, a staple for like oh, the first little bit. 
because yeah. it's just really, so, it so seems really about, efficient. Think think about a a, a yellow, blue, or a amber sapphire deck where Moana is able to quest and the ready your other princesses. If you played Aurora, uh, even just playing Aurora, it mean the other you can make a chosen character that looks like at minus two. So then Jasmine could have quested for two, but now she's got to basically challenge. But she's only has three health. That minus two uh, is going to help her survive, like for another turn. Um, mm-hmm. To be able to hit for three, yeah. but might not, you know, minus two in return. So, again, I just my my princess theory is just, <laughs> yeah, it is. It could it is. so essentially Aurora's playability could provide value to you twice in one turn. Right. Say it's a like a big guy that's like a five five, and you have two three threes out, and you're able to um, challenge with both of them. They both stay alive, and you take out that that five five person. So you got value out of it twice. So yeah, I think it's interesting. Yep. It would have to be a four or five, but I agree. Uh, four or five, yeah. Uh, Whatever it is, that's that's what I meant. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, next one is goons. 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 I like I like goons. I like a good I like a good solid generic. You know. Yeah. Uh, they call goons, goons is a one cost steal. <laughs> Uh, character, storyborn ally, two willpower, two or two strength, two willpower, and it, no text, uh, but uh, has one more pip, and it is a common. Yep. I wonder. Um, I wonder what kind of cool stuff we're gonna see with allies because we've seen a lot of allies, but no right, synergy. Yeah. yeah. But so. uh, other other allies are uh, like LeFou, mm-hmm. and we have Pascal. the. Pascal. Pascal. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. We had <laughs> Flounder. Uh, Christoph. Yeah. I, I am curious how that, that uh, yeah, there's definitely some some design space that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah, and it's good that they're putting this in now. Like, Star Wars Destiny did this post uh, first, like, three sets. They started doing a lot more of these traits to be able to trigger things. And they actually like went back and added a bunch to old characters, which was very weird. Uh, so it's good. They're yeah, thinking they ahead. Yeah. Forward thinking. Uh, all right. We got three of these left. So okay. let's speed run them. We've got Prince Eric, uh, who is my wife's favorite Disney Prince. Uh, <laughs> it's also a two cost one, three with a flourish with challenger two while it's challenging a, a character this character gets plus two uh strength and one yep. one lore pit yep so mm. kind of similar to captain hook i think slightly mm-hmm. less efficient maybe but yeah maybe you went that synergy to... to come into play yeah <laughs> yeah we, we've seen princess synergy wait, wait where's the prince deck come on guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i think i really like two costers in this game hmm. um so far because uh so like we've tried this one coster deck that you get out a bunch of one costers and do stuff but i think that you can actually have the same efficiency of playing equal amount of characters with two costs and actually have higher value because they're just straight up better than the one cost so i think uh a lot of there can be decks that run a lot of two costs and succeed and this this is a card that will help that uh, play 
play archetype um, because you can take out four four yeah. willpower characters now. Hmm. I, I'm trying to think if I would rather just just be a two cost two three. I don't know. They they I, have those. Like, so you right hmm. maybe. I, yeah, like Donald Duck. Yeah. I, I the reason I or he's a three two. Yeah. No, he he's a two. No, three, he's a two three. Three. He is a, a two three. Yeah, yeah, he's a two three. Yeah. Like this can trade with Donald Duck, and then Donald dies, and you stay alive. So that that's the benefit of playing True. this card, I guess. Um, yeah. Donald, Donald Duck thunder. is my my least favorite card because it always wrecks oh, my game plans. <laughs> <laughs> so it's such a simple Spoiler little duck. Alert, but, watch on YouTube. Uh, he's 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 no joke. Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I guess it's like at what point are you wanting your card to trade for two smaller cards? Because this one yeah. can do like 1.5. Right. Like the one you attack, it can kill. But then when it gets hit back, it's not going to kill what challenged it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe by this time of the game, like, you know, you have this out. Your opponent has two one costs out. One of them has one uh, willpower. The other one doesn't. You kill. You banish the thing that doesn't have one willpower. Then they ha are forced to trade. Uh, if they want to, um, like there's some interesting mm -hmm. plays there for sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think we've said right. enough about this, this card. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Next up, uh, smash three costs with the flourish steal event or action card, uh, deal three damage to chosen character. Simple three costs, three damage. A lot of debate over this card. Yeah. I initially a lot, I think, like a lot of comparisons to fire the cans. Fire the cans is so good. Let's read Fire the Cadence, because mm -hmm. I think that's an important comparison. So, one cost, uh, steel card. No flourish. No flourish, and it's uh, deal two damage to a chosen character. Right? Yep. 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 So uh, you're... I mean, the rate is obviously way better. It's like a two-for-one yeah. instead of a one-for-one. One. But no flourish. Also, it has deal. Captain Hook to, to, yeah, return, to return it. it. Yep. Yep. But, but it, direct it, damage it. is just so good. Like, maybe direct damage is yep. just so good enough you... So good you'd play this, even though it's like way less efficient. They did allude in the Twitter QA that there were more cards coming that can deal with big board. Like I remember mm -hmm. seeing a, a question about that. Like, how is there recover mechanics for it's like, oh gosh, their board's just ahead. I can't do anything. It's like, yes, that's coming. Um, I wonder if this is part of that. I also am very curious about like the uh, don't ask me to do the math. I would ask Jim to do the math. But if Jim would do the math about what the cost of a flourish card is versus a non-flourish card, that'd be a fun project. And also incorporating how much damage is worth on a resource curve. Uh, yeah, you I'm, should do I'm, it. Yeah. You should make a video about it so I can watch it <laughs> and not have to do it myself. Yeah, listen to Mike. Good. So I talked to Mike about this too. Uh, it's not only the things that you mentioned that go into evaluation, but it's also action efficiency. So compare this to playing a three cost as a three, three, mm -hmm. you can't immediately use to challenge one of their characters. You could play this that you immediately get to use to challenge, to defeat or banish one of their characters. So say you wanted to trade with one of their three threes. Uh, it's slower to play the, to the three cost character that's three three to trade with than it is to just be able to play this and, and vanish immediately. Um, so I think there's an action efficiency that also exists when you're evaluating these cards. That's fair. 
Have we seen any cards with Rush come out yet? I know we've talked about we've, that. Just the pocket so, watch. Yeah, just the pocket watch so far. Okay, got it. Yeah, because that's where, uh, as far as playing the action, it's basically playing a 3-1 character that you're just going to throw into a, a unit. Mm-hmm. But it obviously doesn't have to be exerted. So like that's apparently part of the... Yeah, resource it's, evaluation there. So it's interesting because, like, that, like, if that was a card that existed, like a three-one rush, like that might actually be better than this because that could get around the ward, be. and this couldn't. Mm-hmm. The the flip side is that this could get rid of something that is uh, ready, and the other one couldn't. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's definitely design space and room for them to print both of those cards, and each of them could have their own use case. So, I, I think that is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I, anytime I see an action card too, I also think of Lady Tremaine, whose ability is do it again when you play this character, you may return an action yeah. card from your discard pile to your hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think like if you're playing Lady Tremaine or Lady Tremaine at six, like you're getting into like some of those bigger characters that like Fire the Cannons yep. is not going to take care of, where you might play Lady Tremaine and you might not need a smash at the time, but maybe that's a good card to have in hand ready mm-hmm. for like a response if it's like a green uh, and emerald steel deck. And that's where I, I'm intrigued to see like what is the appropriate like ink size or whatever as far as like what's in your inkwell because a deck like that would make sense for you get to six and then you stop putting Let's things stop. in there because mm-hmm. you can do maybe this card twice or you play that. So I think that's where it's going to be interesting for the math nerds at least to try to figure out that whole system of like, okay, you go to this point and then your deck is running exactly as it wants to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it seems like there's enough recursion that it may not be great rate, but you don't care at a certain point. I, I actually think that's going to be one of the bigger learning curves of this game is figuring out, like, for each deck when you stop inking cards. Mm-hmm. When you say, like, no, no, I'm actually hurting myself by putting this in the ink. And I might have five ink, but, like, is four actually your, like, comfortable level where, like, if I'm dropping, like, uh, a, a three to four cost thing a turn i'm okay like i'm feeling okay about this versus mm-hmm. having five and having this awkward cost this is this is that difficult to master concept i think where i think yeah. that's where i'm like oh okay this this game could go deep yeah, there, yeah there's a lot of considerations behind that question too because it's like what like what, what what's your game plan what's your win condition like do you need the you know extra ink to be able to you know, hopefully top deck the card that gets you to win the game. Otherwise you, you just lose. Like, do you play your outs? Do you play with the stuff that you've got? Cause you might not draw into it. Like there's, there's a lot of uh, nuance there in the strategy. Yeah. So, uh, it keeps it fun. All right. Last, last card. The beast. Dibs. Beast. <laughs> no, it's my favorite movie. Get out of here. All right, Jim, you can do it. Thanks. Oh wait, no, Dibs. you can read it. I just want to play it. Kill the beast. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say that my son's favorite song is "Kill the Beast." Favorite (laughs) Disney song is so I feel like I need to hit this. Okay, (laughs) we've got a five cost with flourish steel character, the beast, quote unquote, angry and bitter. Um, Four strength, four willpower, storyborn, hero, print, uh, two lore pips. Has an ability called destruction. When you play this character, you may. Banish, chosen, item, card. We've got item destruction, y'all. We do. And hey. so Belle and Maurice are item characters. So this is kind of like thematic, thematic within yeah. its own uh, movie or whatever. 
Yeah. Um, Even the art, he's like destroying stuff in the art, which is hilarious. <laughs> what do you think of this card? Playabilities are always sweet. He does have two lore. I I, I love this. I love I think this. Really good. I, I think this is very good. I think the cost is right. Two lore pips and steel feels good. Um, and I, I may be transferring my like Keyforge brain into lore cannon right now, but like sometimes those items slash artifacts and Keyforge can get out of hand, and you need a way to deal with them. Uh, we we haven't seen any items that feel like absolutely overpowered like oh gosh this would like crush me but uh, we've only seen 20 percent of the card pool so <laughs> this feels a little bit like um uh a little bit of a silver bullet for those decks that are going to come out where it's like oh i played this one item card and then you're screwed and you have nothing to do where it's like okay well then still takes over the meta for a bit the beast gets played a lot takes out those items whatever those items are um and uh, I'm trying to think of like a good Disney item. Uh, oh, uh, the carpet. We'll do the car- mm, the carpet, carpet. In, in, in Aladdin. Yeah, the, that's gonna yeah. be an ally for sure. <laughs> okay. The the <laughs> lamp could, will probably be an item, right? The lamp. The lamp is crazy because you get three wishes, and one of the wishes is you win the game, <laughs> and you need the beast to stop the lamp from winning the game. <laughs> I dig it. I mean, I I think this game, the way that it's designed, and the way that your the resource system works, makes it like really cheap in terms of opportunity costs to run tech cards in your like main deck because Mm -hmm. if you don't need it you can just put it in as a resource you can just ink it um and this card's like not bad on its own either so Mm -hmm. if there's a deck out there that is you know running your meta and it's playing a bunch of items uh put this in your deck (laughs) looking at the uh whenever a character comes out i always compare it to the other characters of that cost and uh his stats are in line with all the other characters it seems like so far there's only like there's a couple that are uh one point less and there's a couple that's one point more in terms of some of of willpower and strength but uh you also compare it compare him to though to the characters and their abilities so like you have moana who is kind of a comboy character with uh uh her ability and then she also has three lore pips which is a lot you compare it with uh, Mulan, who is a, also a combo-y character, but she only has one lore pip, but she seems kind of good. Um, and then you have, like, the other big one would be Goofy, who has Evasive, uh, and presumably three lore pips, and Evasive seems really good. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think he's... Uh, I, I think he's about average for that cost, to be honest. And uh, like you said, he gets better the more uh, that items are relevant in the what would be the meta of the game yeah it definitely feels like the five cost is kind of where you're hitting that like oh these are powerful kind of modes like even with the yeah. four cost it was like okay that does some cool things that can kind of battle the early game but five cost is like oh now we're playing and this mm-hmm. thing's doing some work on its own this is just on the comment too yeah uh, sure yeah sure score sure. can't wait to open 25 of them <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought, because he's Beast, you know, I figured he would be, like, a huge stat line. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Well, maybe maybe there'll be a, a big one. Maybe it'll oh, have shift. shift. It'll be, like, Let's a 10-cost, like, shift yes. monster. Oh, wow. <laughs> Destroy all of your opponent's characters. There it is. Yep. <laughs> Board wipe. Love that. That's good. <laughs> 
All right, any final thoughts on Lorcana stuff? This is a, this is a every, long episode. Every time I see new cards, I want to go just build more decks. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah, That's a good sign. That's a good sign. I compared it to like build like building decks in Destiny. Uh, it, it just felt good to build decks in Destiny. You choose... Like Destiny, you would choose a couple colors usually. Sometimes you could play all three, but uh, not most of the time. You just look at those two colors and you get whatever cards you want out of those two colors. Whereas, like, uh, I I compare a lot of stuff to Flesh and Blood because I play it a lot, but I don't really like building decks in Flesh and Blood most of the time. Uh, It's not as satisfying, along Mm -hmm. with the fact that it's so siloed out that it's like you choose a hero and that hero's like, you can easily just net deck for that hero because all of them are so extremely similar. Mm. Whereas you play this, you choose two colors and it's like wide open options. Yeah. Even without like, obviously we don't have a lot of cards spoiled, but it feels like that's going to be the case Mm -hmm. the way destiny was. Yep. I agree with that. I agree with that a lot. It, It seems to be like in like extrapolating out like a lot of different ways to do this. Even with 40 cards, it's like, oh, you can actually build this very differently um, with 40 cards. So imagine 200 cards, you know, like, yeah. and then add another set three months later with 200 more cards, and it just gets <laughs> kind of wild. So. Yep. Okay, well, uh, I think we should probably wrap up this episode. Um I'm 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 gonna do like a since this is not just a Lorcana podcast. I'm gonna say there's great news on the Keyforge front that we're gonna get our game found packages at the end of May. So if you like the the idea of racing in Lorcana, come come talk to me about Keyforge uh, because it's about to get wild, y'all. So mm-hmm. come play some Keyforge with us, and I think you'll enjoy it. So that's my quick plug. Any of you guys have a quick plug? Nah. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll keep my, my plug out of this episode so you all can go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't going to bed anytime soon. I had some coffee. <laughs> yeah, Jay's just waking up. <laughs> hey, let's go on TTS and Jam some Destiny. Yeah, we're, we're, we're about to record 10 games. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, guys, thanks for yeah. tuning in. Make sure you like and sub and Share this with all your friends. Jump into our Discord. I'm sure Mike will That's be professional. That's the most important like, thing. Yeah. And, uh, and throw the link in there. We have been getting new people every day. Uh, there's over 100 people in the Discord. So come and join the conversation. It's been really fun to see people throwing ideas. and and Because our whole goal with Unplayable is creating a community of people that are kind of like like us. Where we're like, oh, we'll get competitive sometimes. But most of the time, we just want to play lots of fun games that we enjoy. And So come join the conversation. And and be a part of that. Um, so I think that's it. Did I miss anything? You did a fantastic job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're so good. <laughs> All right, guys. See you in the next episode. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Bye.